Rainmaker FM. You're listening to The Digital Entrepreneur, the show for folks who want to discover smarter ways to create and sell profitable digital goods and services. This podcast is a production of Digital Commerce Institute, the place to be for digital entrepreneurs. For more information, go to rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. That's rainmaker.fm slash digital commerce. Welcome to The Digital Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Sean Jackson. And today I'm joined, as always, by the gifted Katie Katz. Katie, how are you? Gifted, I like it. I'm doing well. How are you, Sean? (laughs) As always, I am well. But, you know, I am in a little bit of a rut. And my rut comes from the fact that I've been doing a lot of the same things over and over again. And it kind of occurred to me that I am not a very creative person. (laughs) It's not that I'm not creative. It's just that so often I get in a rut because I'm doing the same things over and over. And I want to do something new, but I, I, you know, I'm always a little apprehensive, right? It's easy to do the same thing over and over again. Um, And then at the same token, I I just don't know, you know, where I should be looking for inspiration or thoughts and et cetera. I mean, it's kind of hard to be creative, isn't it, Katie? Yeah, this is something I give a lot of thought to. And I, you know, I don't think it's necessarily that it's hard. I think that it's also kind of scary to Mm. go out on a limb and be creative because when you're doing something new, you have a new opportunity to be judged for your idea. Um, I have a client who sells to large companies like IBM and Intel, and they find themselves up against a very established brand that's been around for a hundred years and they have to compete against that, um, which is hard because the person hiring them is never going to get fired for going with the established brand, right? Like no matter what happens, even if there's a whole bunch of fails, they made the safe choice. And I think the same thing happens with us with being creative. We, uh, you know, we get in this like risk averse, safe, comfortable pattern Mm -hmm. that's totally human. Um, and then we, we just keep going along. So I, you know, I think, I I don't think it's a lack of creativity. I think all humans can be creative. You just got to get out of your pattern. Yeah, that's actually probably a good way of looking at it because I think you're right. We just get so caught up in the day to day and don't feel safe trying something new, trying to go out there. And today's show, we're going to talk about creativity. In fact, we're going to title it Crazy Creativity because we have one of our very special friends on the show, Joe Youngblood, who is going to share with us just some crazy ideas something that will stimulate you, how to look at crazy ideas, how more importantly, how to start moving on them, how to sit there and, and, and deal with clients or with uh, your internal employees, or maybe just, you know, in your own brain, trying to figure this stuff out. He's, we're going to talk about all of those things on today's show so that you can kind of get out of the rut, energize those crazy ideas and find that creativity that as Katie pointed out is inherent in all of us. And we're going to do that after this short break. Hey, my name is Brian Gardner, and I am the creator of Studio Press, the first premium marketplace for WordPress themes. When I created Studio Press, I could never imagine that more than 200,000 WordPress site owners would use Studio Press to build some of the most elegant and inspiring WordPress sites on the web. And I am not just talking about the numerous large companies that use it. 
tens of thousands of food bloggers, podcasters, affiliate marketers, real estate agents, photographers, and many more have created some of the most compelling mobile responsive websites using StudioPress. But that is not all. To make it easy for you to create a compelling WordPress site, we have introduced StudioPress Sites, a turnkey simple method to create and grow your WordPress site. StudioPress Sites includes many of our most popular WordPress themes, with unique SEO tools and plugins all integrated on our high-performance, secure, and actively managed hosting infrastructure. So when you are ready to take your WordPress site to a new level without the worry or hassle of less robust solutions, then I hope you will visit StudioPress.com. Over 200,000 bloggers and webmasters trust StudioPress for their WordPress site, and we work hard every day to earn it. Welcome back from the break, everyone. And Katie, it's time for us to get crazy creative with the ideas of content remarketing. And who is going to help us with a little craziness today? Today, we have Joe Youngblood, who is the founder of Winner Winner Chicken Dinner, a digital marketing agency. And he's also a well-known speaker on a variety of digital topics. So we're very excited to have him here today to talk about content repurposing, because that's a huge thing that you have to do with digital marketing. Hey, Joe, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Good to be here. You are the very first guest we've ever had actually in my office. Of all the interviews I've done over the years, you were the first one to sit in a chair and using the same mic as me. So welcome. This will be fun. Oh, wow. I, I feel uh, super special now. <laughs> and well, now I feel really left out because I'm not there. <laughs> exactly. Poor Katie. She's she's dead back down in Houston. Okay, so let's do this. All right, so Joe, um, thank God I didn't have to say winner, winner, chicken dinner on the air. I'm just so thankful I'm not the one who had to do that. Oh, wait a minute. I did. Okay, but I think it's a perfect analogy for this idea of creativity and that things that you don't always think about, right? I think so much of the creativity we think about today is really canned creativity, right? Creativity in a box. You know that it works. It's a marketing tactic that everyone talks about. Hence, let's be creative and do the same thing that everyone else does. So when we talk about creative, you know, creativity in general, but really being kind of crazy about it, what do you generally think when we say that? Uh, for me, creativity is, is trying to do something that, that nobody else in your industry and nobody else uh, really in the world has done before or doing it in a totally, uh, completely new and different way or at least in a way that feels uh, new and different but still comes off as authentic and genuine. So basically, it is really about being unique. Right. It is really about doing things that are unique, which is really tough if you think about it. Right. To be unique takes some courage. Right. It takes a a little bit of imagination and it takes, you know, being willing to fail at it. Right. Yeah. So there's a really good example right now. uh, And I hate that I know this, but Kim Kardashian just had her body made into a mold so that they could turn it into a perfume bottle. And Twitter is roasting her because it's not an original idea. It's been done by uh, Jean-Paul Gaultier and and others before her. And so people are like, hey, you're not being unique. You're not being original. And so this is a pretty well-known person who thought they were doing something unique and original, but in reality is just kind of copying stuff that's been done for, for decades. 
All right. So, Katie, I will turn it over to you because we've always gone through the standard, you know, kind of diatribe of, you know, take your blog post and turn it into a podcast or, you know, take this uh, podcast and turn it into a slideshow, et cetera. I mean, those are kind of the, the, the standard things. But, you know, from a crazy creative concept, what would you ask Joe, let's say just about the show to start with? That's actually exactly what I was going to do. I'm Joe, I'd like to put you on the spot and ask, like taking our show, for example, um, what is a crazy creative way that you would repurpose um, radio content? First off, I feel like if this was like a morning radio show, you would have like some sort of uh, a hot seat uh, plug playing right now. It's like, in the hot seat, <laughs> Joe Youngblood. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, when it comes to the podcast, one of the things that, that shocks me is that, that uh, Sean, uh, who is definitely not the most vain guy I know, uh, doesn't have a camera in here filming the him making the podcast. And so, I mean, I know that that's, that's probably kind of more normal, but it, it seems that you're missing out on a, a pretty big audience with the proliferation of video on Facebook and, and obviously YouTube and, and, and other platforms. Uh, why is there not a video version of of the podcast. And even if it's not maybe of the actual filming of the podcast, like we see with uh, tower radio stations, they have a live, uh, a webcam inside of their studio. Uh, maybe even just something that, that represents that and then being uploaded. There are, uh, uh countless live streams on YouTube that are nothing more than pre-recorded music being played over and over and over again with a single image as like the background. So something like that, I think could really help expand the reach of, of a podcast like yours. So let's push on this a little bit more because, you know, the whole idea of content remarketing, content repurposing, right? And we use them and interchange them is that you create something once and you multiply it at its effect out there. But I think too often, especially in the online space, we're constantly thinking of other online stuff. So what's what's something that we could do that would not be in the online space? You could probably try to take like from the audio version of the podcast, you could probably try to take excerpts of it and turn it into a book, maybe just like a small coffee table book or use it as a, as something that you can hand out at conferences to talk about your podcast, uh, highlight, you know, quotes from, from people that you've had on as a guest, uh, including myself. You know, I had a, an idea for, for video going offline, uh, that I presented last year at, uh, the series of, uh, PubCon conferences. And the, the concept was called the Flipbook Business Card. I think there's actually websites that make them. The idea was that if you had a, a video go viral on the internet uh, that was well-known, you could take that video, you could turn it into a GIF, you could use the frames from the GIF to create a flipbook, and at the very back of the flipbook, go ahead and put your business card. So probably a good candidate for that would be maybe something like the, the Purple Mattress Company. Uh, Bryant team up there could use that as like their business card. They're very kind of expensive to make, but it would be kind of a fun way to, to interact with new vendors or something like that that you really wanted to get their business and show them that you're new and different and unique is to do something where uh, they're, they're totally not expecting it. You know, it's like we all expect a business card. It's very rare to get a, a flip book of something really cool from somebody with, with a business card attached. So, Katie, now that we have Joe in the hot seat, what question do you have for him? I mean, for example, you work with a lot of clients. You're doing kind of the standard traditional online content marketing. Throw something out there. Let's let's really pull him to the limits on his creativity, Katie. Yeah, first of all, I really like the idea of taking snippets from different episodes and putting them into some sort of a print format that you can distribute when you're networking or whatnot, as opposed to a business card, which quite frankly, I just 
throw away or stick in the bottom of my bag and never look again. You know, <laughs> they just kind of fall away. Um, and so I really think that's a really interesting idea. Uh, uh, you're 100 percent right, John. We get questions like this often from clients where we've gone so far to the other end of let's get everything digital that they're they ask, you know, well, we need something to hand out at at these different things that we're going to. How can we now take all of this good work that we've done and translate it back to print? Um and so we end up, you know, doing a lot of the standard flyers or um, things like that. And I really like the idea of a flip book, but that probably gets expensive to scale. Um, what do you think, Joe, about things to give away at trade shows and booths that aren't your standard like chapstick and pens? How, what would be a way to be distributing and like garnering attention for your website and your online media at a trade show booth? Uh, so, so for me, the, the number one thing to do is to find um, some sort of data that you've created or data that you, you've mentioned and then turn that into a data visualization. It does two things. And it really helps you with your online link building because you have a really cool, neat graph or chart that you've created. But then you can also take that and take that neat uh, charter graph and you could turn that into either like a big banner at a trade show or you can even turn it into small things like a coaster so for example if i was sem rush and uh who just got that ton of investment money uh and, and i had you know some money flowing around and i had done research around uh spend on seo or something like that and the you know a chart that really kind of defined the reason why people should have an seo tool suite like them i would turn that into like coasters or something for their office or a big poster for them to put up or, or something like that. Something that they can look at and they can see that. And, and even if they're not an SEMrush customer, day after day, they're looking at it and they're thinking, wow, this this data really speaks to me. And we know that, that you know images you know can say a, a thousand words. And so when, you, when you're able to take something that you've created online, either from a blog post or from a podcast, then able to put it into that visual uh, effect uh, or visual uh, uh, sort, of, sort of item that's really tangible, and it's something kind of more on the unique end, even though it's maybe done by a traditional promo product company. You you then have that really cool blend of this is something unique and original we created. It's and you have the the imagery that kind of speaks to your target audience over an extended period of time. So I want to get more into the business side of this because I think inevitably people who are listening to this may giggle or say, well, that's kind of silly. But I think inherent in everyone's mind is this concept: Am I wasting? time and money trying to do something that may com completely fail, which I'm going to talk about when we get back from this short break. Hey everyone, this is Sean Jackson, the host of The Digital Entrepreneur, and I want to ask you a simple question. What is your business framework for selling digital goods online? Now, if the question perplexes you, don't worry, you are not alone. Most people don't realize that the most successful digital entrepreneurs have a framework or a general process for creating and selling their digital goods in the online space. And one of the best free resources is Digital Commerce Academy. Digital Commerce Academy combines online learning with case studies and webinars created by people who make a living selling digital goods online. And the best part is that this material is free when you register. Are you interested in joining? Well, I'll make it easy for you. If you're listening to the show on your phone and are in the continental United States, 
I want you to send a text message to 313131 with the keyword digits, D-I-G-I-T-S. And when you send that text message, we will send you a link to the registration form right to your phone. Are you outside the United States? Don't worry. Just send us an email to digits at rainmaker.fm. Either way, we'll send you a link to the registration form so that you can sign up for free for Digital Commerce Academy. And as a special bonus, we will also subscribe you to our newsletter when you text or email us so that you can stay informed with the latest insights from the show. And don't worry, we respect your privacy and we will not share your email or phone number and you can easily unsubscribe at any time. So if you want to start building or improving your framework for selling digital goods online, then please send a text to 313131 with the keyword digits or send us an email at digits at rainmaker.fm. You won't be disappointed. In other words, you know, it's it's great to do these little tchotchkes or to, you know, take a flipbook thing or whatever. But you know what? In online marketing, we are so, you know, return on spend driven, right? You know, if I'm buying an ad, I know what I'm getting back on that. I know my content marketing spend, et cetera. So we have in the online world so many metrics that really almost force us to say, well, if we're spending a dime, it better come back as a dollar type of mentality. And I think that's true in almost all forms of marketing. How do you build a case with a client? Right. Or even to yourself or to your spouse trying to justify why you want to do something crazy, why you want to buy a costume and run around a conference handing out something, you know, silly. Right. Why you want to do this this video that, you know, may only get, you know, X, Y, Z number of people looking at it, but then you can repurpose it. You doing something else, you know, in the print world. How do you go through and explain that to a client, to someone who's sitting there going, so, Joe, what's the ROI on this crazy idea? So there's, there's a couple different ways to approach that. I mean, the, the first thing I would do is try to explain uh, if, if I thought they were willing to to accept it at all, that the, the history of humanity is is the history of failure. Um, we have failed time and time again, but we have failed, you know, in a forward progressive direction. You know, uh, looking at our most recent histories uh, being spaceflight is just nothing but littered with failure after failure. I think something like half of all the missions to Mars have been a complete and total failure, but the ones that have been successful have been brilliantly successful. You know, uh, even more recent than that, you look at the the SpaceX and, and um, uh, uh, Blue Origin, which is Jeff Bezos's version of the the, the SpaceX rocket. Um, those things, you know, fail time and time again, but eventually, you know, they make it into space, and when they do, they open up all kinds of new opportunities. So. You know, uh, failure happens. You have to accept that failure is is a part of the process, and you just really have to love the process and, and enjoy the process and trust the process. The second thing we try to do is um, we try to break it down into uh, potential outcomes, both negative and positive, from each step uh, that that we want the client to take along this this uh, kind of creativity journey. We start them out fairly basic and get used to really small, simple things like a normal, typical blog post, but we ramp it up. And we constantly walk them through this roadmap of showing how we're going to go from sort of these kind of benign, normal, bland things to these more interesting, intricate concepts and, and how those may impact. And we, we leave room to adjust. We're not strictly adhering to any of those. Um, 
have a great example. We were doing a series of what we thought were incredibly interesting uh, uh, graphics uh, targeted at runners for a client. And uh, runners hated them, it turns out. <laughs> and so we had to be willing to scrap that and say, sorry, we just spent you know two months doing stuff that, that didn't have any benefit, but we're going to stop. And we have this other idea. And we went, ran off with the other one, and, and the client allowed us. And that was really successful in terms of gaining links and gaining attention and getting uh, journalists to want to reply to us and talk to us and, and share it. And so that, that, worked, uh, that worked out really, really good for us. Would you kind of then say that in answer to Sean's question about getting an ROI, you kind of have to estimate for making mistakes. Like you have to plan a little bit of your budget to have room for mistakes if you really want to have be able to hit something out of the park. Would that be fair to sum up what you're saying? I, I would say so. And if you're dealing with clients or, or a boss that seems to be kind of pushing back on it, we always like to try to offer something super incredibly crazy. And then we offer something uh, not as crazy as what we think of as the normal. And then mm -hmm. we hope that they pick the uh, not as crazy one if, we, <laughs> if we're feeling the pushback. You know, it's sort of the same thing I did with my parents. You know, when, when I was a kid and I wanted to stay over at a friend's house, I would originally start by saying, hey, I want to spend the whole weekend over there. And they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, okay, I'll just spend one night. And they would, they would be okay with that. So it's sort of kind of the same concept as you know that they're probably not going to accept this, this big, crazy idea, but they may accept the slightly less crazy idea. I just wanted to say one more thing. I had a boss who, uh, like several years ago, who had a really good formula, I think, for thinking about if for anyone who's listening and trying to decide, like, okay, really, I'm going to go do something crazy. But um what he would do is say, okay, spend 70% of your time and your budget on your tortoise, slow and steady wins the race, the stuff that you know is like pretty safe. And then 20% on um, stuff that's pushing the envelope, stuff that's going to help you grow faster, uh, things that you're trying that are new. And then 10% on something crazy, Get, you know, give somebody some time to do that. Like just how Google has those those thinking times and, and place for people to have a free space to think and be creative. Um, if you if you really segment your day and your budget out that way and allocate it in, in the way that Joe is suggesting, then it becomes much less daunting and and um, out there. So we, we do something very similar at Winter, Winter Chicken Dinner. We have a uh, thought process. Um, we don't do brainstorming because it just simply doesn't work. It's been disproven since the concept was introduced uh, in, the, in the late 40s. We use a, a process uh, based on uh, lots of psychology and neuroscience research uh, called thought farming. You can read more at thoughtfarming.com. Uh, and we do the same thing. So we, we tell our team to research, think about an idea, but then to, to just kind of disconnect from it and float away and, and do something else. So go work out, um, stuff like that. And that really helps uh, amp up the creativity. It actually, um, it, to get into science terms, it's known as transient hypofrontality. It, it allows the, the brain to sort of consider an idea in a more creative aspect than in a more exact, specific, uh, absolute aspect. And I think when it comes to a lot of this, it is about finding simple connections, right? I think, you know, oftentimes when you hear about creativity or inspiration or crazy ideas, it's really about taking two very simple ideas and putting them together that would naturally seem almost logical after the fact, right? I think, you know, it's very hard, especially for non-creative people like me, to really think creatively, but sometimes it's really taking two simple concepts, putting them together. I mean, it's funny because some of the 
the great stories I've heard over the years about the idea of creativity and inspiration. One was a sporting goods store that decided that for their sports team that was going to some sort of championship, they were just going to have a pep rally. Right now, pep rallies is something from high school. You remember them as a kid. But when it comes to a professional sports team, it's not always that they're going to have a pep rally. So what did the sporting goods store do? Well, we're going to hold a pep rally. And it became a huge media sensation. And people were like, yeah, we want to come and show the support for the team. Right. The other one that always gets me, one of my favorite hands on a hard body, when literally a car dealership in a small little Texas town would give you a car. For, to the person that kept their hands on this car the longest. And so literally for 24, 48, almost 96 hours, people would literally stand there with their hand on a car, hoping they would be the last one to get it. Now, that's a crazy, silly idea, but it was very simple, right? We're going to take a simple contest and we're going to do it in such a way that reinforces that I want the car. Well, what do you want? You want to touch the car. So I think sometimes when we look at inspiration, it's not trying to come up with something so radically new. It's sometimes taking two kind of adjoined things and putting them together that makes something truly unique and creative. And to Joe's point, if it's even if it's not unique, there's benefits to that too. I mean, look back at that Kim Kardashian story, how much publicity she got about the fact that she wasn't creative. <laughs> uh, in the PR world, uh, uh, no news is bad news, but any, any news is good news. Um, so uh, on that on that thought there, Sean, there it that reminds me of drone delivery. I think it was 2012. There was a, a prank going around the internet called Taco Copter, and it was combining two simple things: uh, you know, lightweight, uh, you know, uh, four arm drones and delivery of food. And it was just a prank. It was just some kids, I think, up in Boston made a website and was just joking around about actually delivering tacos. But it got people thinking that maybe this is actually a legitimate thing. Domino's uh, in the UK, they they uh, uh, framed it as a test. They had a, a delivery drone before you know Amazon got involved, pick up a pizza box, fly it up into the sky, and then drop it back down to the ground. And the YouTube video, I think, has hundreds of thousands of views on it. There was um, a company, a startup actually in Southern California called the Burrito Bomber, came out uh, either late that year or, or in 2013. All well before Amazon. Again, just two simple concepts, food delivery and, and a robotic drone that can carry lightweight payloads. And, you know, it started from a prank, but it really started to take on a, a practical uh, application. And I uh, as was at a different agency at the time uh, and, and encouraged one of my clients to really jump on board. And they thought it was the most ridiculous thing ever. And that's how I knew it was probably going to work is because these people that really, you know, weren't, uh, you know, good with technology and, and didn't really understand it very well thought it was a terrible idea. So that told me this is probably a really, really good idea. This is probably going to get a lot of publicity uh, if we do it. If you're struggling with creativity in the workplace, uh, getting your boss to buy in, even if you try that other trick that I tried, uh, that I told you about earlier, instead try to frame it like it's just an experiment. Everything is an experiment. And if you do it like that, like Domino's in the UK did, they, they even said on their YouTube video, this is a drone delivery experiment. It's almost like um, when, you know, card, uh, car manufacturers roll out those those cars every year, those, the, the, uh, I can't remember what they call them, but the concept cars, concept cars. There you go. They're, they're fancy. They're like big. They're like, they're pretty. They've got all this new technology in them. They're sleek and they'll never build them. But the, but you always want them and you're like, Oh my gosh, I want this new thing that like floats on water. This is great. I want this really bad. They, they do that just really to test technology and to test 
uh, the way consumers might think about things. And some of that technology ends up making it into your normal cars. Uh, some of it doesn't. But it gets them a ton of publicity every year. And it's all just an experiment to them. You know, Joe, I think that's a perfect way to end this because I do think when you're thinking of crazy creative ideas, it is under the context of experimentation, right? Because at some point you are going to run out of the traditional tried and true. At some point you will hit a limit and you're going to be searching for something to fill in the voids or that you have because you have nothing there. And if we're not taking a little bit of our time, and to Katie's point, I think is great. We have to, it's not everything you do has to be crazy creative but you have to budget some time to it you have to be willing to say i'm going to fail at this you have to be willing to say you know what if even if nothing comes from this i've learned something and then i can turn around and apply it towards the next thing because really so much of what we do online especially as entrepreneurs is so focused on very specific things that it's easy to fall into that trap of just being a, a tactician and not truly a strategist or not truly someone whose mind is open to trying something that may make a huge impact. Joe, really appreciate you being on today's show. Can't thank you enough for your crazy creative ideas. It was great being here. And now it's time for our tools and recommendations for the week. So Katie, you know, since we talked to Joe about crazy creative ideas when it comes to content marketing, I thought it would be appropriate to share some resources with people where they can maybe go get their own kind of crazy creative ideas. So Katie, what are the sources that you like to go to when you're trying to find new ideas to kind of fill in the, the gaps or look towards the future for your clients? Yeah, absolutely. So one of some one of my favorite resources is Marketing Profs. Um, they have a lot of great case studies and they share information about what other people are doing, which, as Joe mentioned, um, the true essence of being creative is coming up with something new. However, many artists would tell you there is no such thing as a brand new idea um, and that really any idea is just a, you know, piecing together unoriginal ideas in a new way. Yeah. Um, and so I love, you know, the more you can read about what things that are other people are doing, it might just piece together something for you that you haven't thought of before. Mm -hmm. um, and then personally, I, from the very beginning, not to, not to, I know that where this show is hosted, but I've always loved Copyblogger. I just think that Copyblogger does an amazing job at the creative process and sharing how to like tactically execute the creative process. And so personally, as I grew as a writer, that was one of my favorite resources. Well, I would agree with your assessment. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I think that's the thing about those two sites in particular. I mean, if you look at Marketing Profs and you look at Copyblogger, we have been around for quite some time. And that has been something that I think has really uh, benefited our audience because we're not just talking about things new and recent we are talking about things that are fairly evergreen and certainly when it comes to marketing profs which i followed marketing profs forever simply because they always had the best resources out there so i would agree with your assessment and thank you for the plug 
<laughs> it always helps. So check out those two resources. And Katie, I think we have just another great show on the books. And I can't thank you enough because you truly make every show we do exceptional. So I'm going to take this opportunity to give you a big plug myself. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Sean. It's always fun chatting with you. All righty, folks. Well, that'll be it for us this week. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Digital Entrepreneur. 